can't believe it's 99. Holy crap. That's a lot of podcasts. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. Let me ask you something. Do you want a little piece of me? Of course you do. Everyone does. Call my agent. But that isn't why I'm here today. Well, not entirely. No, Mac fans, today I'd like to announce that you too can have Duncan Fisher at your side, even in the heat of battle. That's right, it's the brand new Duncan Fisher Bobblehead Collection. There's 12 to collect, each design personally approved by me, of course. So you'd better grab them all, because they're going for 14 easy payments of 19.99 C-bills each. What a grab deal. I don't think any self-respecting McJock would be caught dead without their Duncan Fisher bobblehead riding along on the dash of his or her battle mech. So order now. You probably thought it was normal. Just a little off. The truth is it one time I was. But now I'm a robot. Hey everyone, this is Darren wishing you a happy new year, and I hope you had a happy holiday as well. I just want to say thank you for your patience. I know this podcast is late, but my vacation got the best of me, and I took a much-needed break from all of the editing. And as you can maybe hear, I'm a little bit sick as well. But on Monday, we're back and ready for what 2014 will bring to MechWarrior Online and No Guts, No Galaxy. And that includes the now well-known clan mechs to be released this summer which is a main topic of discussion in this podcast. I just want to remind everyone, though, that this discussion took place before the a la carte option was added, as well as the Massacari collection being added to every gold mech purchase. But other than that, we appreciate your continued support of the podcast and hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 99. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is December 18th, 2013, and I'm joined by today's co-host, Brandon, a.k.a. Catrakel. Hello. And Jason, a.k.a. The Centurion. Hey, Phil, thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem. And of course, another uh, showing up by Tyler, a.k.a. Jaeger12. What's going on, man? Hello. I was going to say, for those that don't watch uh, Jaeger, make sure to follow him on Twitch. Not only do you get a good sense of what a um, you know high elo player, um, but also he, he does a lot of instructional. He'll you know a- answer questions, and you know um, if you know you you can hop on and play with him or against him, it's always something of a learning experience. Or you know if you just want to be carried throughout the match, that helps too. You can just bring him along. All right, so today's discussion topics. Wow, we've got a lot to talk about, and this is going to be a lengthy podcast. So sit back, grab some uh, popcorn, maybe a soda, a beer, whatever floats your boat. I've got coffee. What do you guys have? Do you, are you guys drinking anything tonight? No, just rage. Just a glass of water. That's about it. I was going to say, I don't have any mead. I already uh, drank some yesterday. But anyways, let's go dive in here. All right, so last Friday, we had the clan announcement uh, came out. Um, I was actually on in line at the time of The Hobbit, and uh, Darren texted me, hey, clans are out, 
And wow, what a response. So obviously everything was announced and let's go ahead and talk really quick first about the mech packages and, and basically what first came out. First, I, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on the artwork. Let's let's go ahead and ask you, uh, uh, Jason, what, what were your thoughts on the artwork that came out? Phenomenal. As always, I think it's the high point of, of everything that's coming out of PGI. I was really floored by a lot of the models and uh, they're missing uh, some of my favorites in this lineup. I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe we'll see a, a Mad Dog coming eventually, maybe a Hellbringer, but uh, what I've seen so far, really, really happy with. What about you, Brandon? Definitely the artwork by far. FD does amazing work, as always, and it's definitely the highlight of the collection. Um, by far, the Nova, the Kit Fox, fantastic pieces. I especially love the personal take with the Summoner as well, with the dome-style cockpit. I would definitely have to agree there. Just phenomenal. But before, Tyler, what are your thoughts? Oh yeah, as always, like you guys said, we always love the artwork that comes out of PGI. It's always good stuff. The mechs look great. All the mechs I expected to be in the first wave of a clan package are all in there. I expected the Kit Fox, Nova, Direwolf, and Timberwolf. Was there any mechs that you guys were surprised were not in the package? I think everyone's a bit surprised that there was no Mad Dog. Yeah. Or even the uh, Loki as well. But isn't that really tough to say, you know, it's two more heavies if you want to, you know, obviously for those that may not know, you've got uh, eight mechs. They have basically two lights, two mediums, two heavies, and two assaults. Would you have chose a mad dog over a summoner you know like would you would you really do that i mean the, the timberwolf is a go-to you ha- i mean it's iconic you, you know they're gonna have it so what do you i mean would you choose the mad dog over the summoner would anybody here i would have but i mean i it's nostalgia for me i'd, I'd probably as far as a eh, i don't know it's up in the air really because both of them are really iconic I think the summoner would probably make a little bit more sense as far as lore. It's a little bit more mentioned. I mean, you had Aiden Pride and stuff like that, so. The summoner is the only non-chicken walker, as you guys say, on the list here. So it changes things up quite a bit. Yeah, you have a lot of clan mechs that are all chicken walkers, which I think is a welcome thing, you know, our chicken walker overlords. All right, so the mech packages came out. Um, Let's go ahead and dive into, uh, I think we can all agree, the artwork. I just want to say blown away. Um, I am a huge my number one mech in Battletech is the Timberwolf. The Centurion obviously was my second favorite as far as IS, but the Timberwolf. The nice thing about the artwork I think that really helped, you know, flying debris was the fact that the original TO artwork of the clan mechs were all good for the most part. They, you know, they had that organic round feel, very, very sleek looking for the most part. They, they definitely looked modern compared to some of the old TRO artwork. So I think he had a lot more to play with. And really, the designs really didn't change that much. I was actually quite surprised that he didn't take liberties in other places, but I don't think he really needed to. So as far as artwork, hands down, great job, amazing. I can't wait to just run around in Timberwolf. I am sad that I did not get the Mad Dog and Hellbringer, but I'm also sad that there wasn't, you know, mediums like the Ice Ferret, you know, or, you know, I mean, there's other mechs, but the thing that I look forward to the most is seeing what other clan mechs come out down the road too. So there is that. So let's go ahead and break it down. The mech packages came out and basically they scale upwards um, from the lowest package all the way up to the, the top. What were your guys' initial thoughts on the packages and the price points and what you got for it? Uh, Brennan, let's kick it off with you. Holy shit, this is expensive. Uh, basically, that's the first thing I yelled in my head. Definitely what everyone else is seeing is that the first thing I noticed was Mad Cat was... $210 to get or basically pre-order it. Everything else kind of trickle down. I also noticed that there's 
eight brackets and then goes up. It's not like two packages or anything like that, which I don't know. It's just mixed roller coaster ride of things. I kind of agree. Like it kind of felt like some of my favorites are kind of by you know behind a pretty hefty paywall for you know the the more nostalgia, the higher epic the food chain it goes. Um, and I wasn't really happy with the fact that premium time capped out at 90 days. I think that should have continued to go exponentially up with each package. Yeah, same thing. The the prices hit me in the face pretty hard when I first looked at them. Uh, the Timberwolf being all the way up at the seventh slot, the $210 uh, package. That wasn't surprising. I mean, everybody's going to want that Timberwolf. It's a little more, you know, incentive to spend that extra cash. But I can understand why they're doing it. It's, I guess, a little bit less value than the previous packages were, or than the Phoenix package was, per mech. But you get some other interesting content. I'm sure we'll be talking about it in a second. I was going to say that the initial thing that hit me was I saw the prices, and the first thing that hit me was it's more expensive than the Founders package. Obviously, you're getting a lot more than the Founders package. Let's be real here. Uh, it is more expensive than the project phoenix but again you're getting more than the project phoenix to a certain extent more max per se but you're paying more so when i looked at this the first thing that uh, popped in my mind is i did the math if you just go off just mech not including premium time not including mc not including anything else but just mech versus price you know uh you could basically say you were paying what six dollars per mech um in uh you know the, the project phoenix and now you're going to be paying if you get the 240 dollar package uh ten dollars so my initial thoughts were yeah, it's, it's high, but also I was thinking it's the same thing with Project Phoenix, right, or Saber. You don't have to buy them to get these mechs, too, so it's not the end of the world. It is, a, you know, a free-to-play game. They do package deals. So going off of that, do you guys think they... I, I know some of you guys mentioned right off the bat it, it tiered upwards. It, they didn't have two packages. Do you think they should have offered two packages? I think you could have had a really fun and really interesting marketing campaign with two packages. Like, you could have bundled... I'm just going to take a quick pick here. Like, you could have bundled the Uller, the Riken, the Summoner, and the Dire Wolf, and made it like the Warden package. And then you could have put the Puma, the Black Hawk, the Mad Cat, and the Mascari, and made it like the Crusader package. And then you could have had like a tally or something like that of how many bought each package or whatever, and did like who was going to be the ultimate force, like the Wardens or the Crusaders or something like that, and make it a little bit more interactive. It's actually a really cool idea, having the different types. And for those that don't know, obviously, the clans are divided internally as Wardens and Crusaders. Wardens are more of the, we, we need to protect the Inner Sphere, uh, albeit they, you know, they need help, and the Crusaders are wipe them clean and we will restore the Star Lake sort of thing. But uh, all right, so what about you, uh, Tyler? For the two-package system, that's something they could have done. I can understand why that would have been a good idea. But this is more along the lines of what they had previously done with the Phoenix package and the, the Founders as well. Jason, do you think they uh, should have done two packages? And, you know, what would you have done? Offer variety. I mean, it's a free-to-play game, like you said, but just give us some more variety. Like, I would have liked the opportunity to, say... Um, have one price and pick one light, one medium, one heavy, and one assault, and I get to pick which one from each bracket that I want. That that would have appealed to me for maybe half the price. I also would like some explanation because I don't know what the hell a warhorn is or why that should be excited when I see that. As far as I know, and um, I haven't asked directly, um, but as far as I know, it's sort of like the heavy metal when it plays music. The warhorn is something that'll be in like the immediate area to where it it'll make a noise. It's not like. Uh, 
uh, something game-breaking or gameplay-wise. It's totally aesthetic. That's as far as I need to get that confirmation on that, but that's what I think it is. So it's just sort of one of those things. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it'd be like Lord of the Rings when he's blowing on the you know the the horse horn or whatever, like you know. I don't know, but uh, I, I figure it's totally aesthetic. I will get confirmation on that and let you guys know either in the show notes or whatnot, and hopefully I can get that answer. Yeah, same thing with hanging medallions, because the first thing that came to mind is um, as spending some time in Texas before were like chuck nuts, and I'm pretty <laughs> pretty sure they're not selling mech nuts. Yeah, gotcha. Of that additional content, I'm most uh, looking at the unique bonus modules that are offered in the top two packages. Yes. I'm not quite sure what the unique bonus modules are going to be and whether competitive players are going to have to really consider that if these modules are good and they're only available if you buy this package, it's uh, quite a paywall. Yeah, I was going to say, more information, like, uh, even if it was just listed, like, hey, a unique item or a unique module is this, and it at least gave you... So what you're guys saying is pretty much a little bit more information, just telling you what the extra little perks are, that you wanted the perks, but it would have been nice to know uh, what you were getting uh, compared to, well, what is a Warhorn? Uh, and it leaves the... the oh, I, I, I could definitely understand that. Well, if you're going to put something up as a value add, you need to explain to me why it's adding value. Because all I'm focused on is dollar per mech, the mechs that I'm getting for the price, and my premium time. Because personally, you can keep all the badges and titles, you can keep all the other frills. I'm looking at what am I getting out the gate that I can actually take into the game. Yeah, speaking of which, what are titles? Is that like choose your own blood name or something? Yeah, most definitely. All right, so the prices came out $240 for the highest tier package and $30 for the lowest we also have we have the mech packages and then we have the gold mechs as well i want to sort of preface this as two different things and this sort of leads into our our next uh bullet after this is the community's response and you know basically diving into that so you've got the mech packages come out we all expected i mean brandon remember we talked about this in one of the previous podcasts where we're like oh yeah they're probably going to do a clan package and i think even maybe russ hinted oh, yeah. towards that right i mean we knew it was oh coming, yeah well right? he said he said it's it's definitely in the future in the cards or something like that but didn't say when or what or anything like that yeah and i think we were all pretty much like okay only i was i was like yeah it makes sense they are a business they need to make money this is a money maker form content right mm-hmm. obviously it's not as micro transaction this is definitely a big transaction and i can understand that but speaking of, on the other part of the, the package, the clan announcement, they had gold mechs, uh, which for those that uh, don't know, obviously are uh, eight mechs of the clan mechs, and they're basically a gold skinned version, and they're for $500 each. And they get a few other perks as well. Here they're 30, 30% sea build bonus, and um, they also have a, before I get it wrong they have a unique bonus module just like the clan ones warhorn badge custom title hanging cockpit item so pretty much almost identical to the package the top two uh, i think jason said obviously if you're looking at the the top two packages get these um but they're individual and now they're 500 now i'm gonna go with my first initial reaction when i saw this wow that's expensive that is definitely not something I can afford. That's definitely not something that, uh, you know, is easy money to just get and throw into something like this. Um, and am I going to have one? No, uh, that is definitely not. Like The first thing that popped in my mind is that demographic for whoever's buying those is not for me. Was I let down? Yeah, I was let down. Was I angry? No, I wasn't angry. I mean, it's, it's the free-to-play market. World of Tanks does it. Um, I mean... Uh, Every, everything does it. So that was my initial thoughts were, wow, that's expensive. Uh, what about you, Jason? 
Oh, I thought it was ridiculous. Um, I, you know, if you want to spend five hundred dollars to paint yourself gold and make yourself a nice shiny target on the battlefield, by all means, that's your right as a consumer. Go right ahead. My, my initial thought was, and in this the whole package, and then this this golden mech in general is it has to do with the timing and the presentation. Because if you're spending five hundred now. I, I personally would kind of take issue with it, and that's getting into community reaction. I can save that for for later discussion, but um, yeah, it's it's whale bait. I did not see this coming at all. This is they're the ultimate vanity items. I mean, we've got the stuff we can already purchase for inside your cockpit, but this is way over the top of that. I uh, after and yes, I can understand lots of people, including myself, are slightly ups, uh, annoyed by this that so many features have been pushed back so much. And they would like us to dish out this much money. You know, $500 is not, is quite a bit. It, it strikes me iffy in a couple of ways. Mainly, it just, to me, seems... How can I put this properly? As someone who kind of took business administration, to drop $500 on a single item for an in-game game is kind of silly to me. So it just kind of... I never, I wasn't interested in even to begin with. I mean, if someone wants to get a vanity item go right ahead it's your money do what you want but i mean definitely the gold mechs could have been used in a more interesting way again like you could have had a, a ninth level or something like that where for maybe like 250 260 you get a gold mech and then you get like when we had our founders like the the pick one or something like that and you get all the mechs before in the package and you just get one that's gold boom there probably a better deal yeah, or I would expect maybe a hundred percent Sebo boost. Or and yeah, maybe like, like that. maybe you get sent some physical stuff, like a miniature of that, you know, that mech that you bought the gold version of. Okay, so let me uh, physical item would be good. Let me pipe in here because you did say something that was really important to this whole discussion, and we haven't even got into the community response, so we'll we'll get into this. Uh, but you said vanity item, and you're totally a hundred percent correct. Now we'll get into could they have offered other options. Could they have offered other different package options? Yes, I think they could. But even the clan package in itself is a vanity item. Would you guys not agree? Like, you don't have to get it. It's something if you spend the money, uh, you're buying into convenience, uh, which is a little bit different than a vanity item. But yes, it is. The gold mechs are a completely vanity item. And I will say, they could have done things different, I think. They could have offered. But... On the flip side, aren't all vanity items sort of like that? Even in real-world scenario, watches, cars, and stuff like that. I mean, there are vanity items out there. People do it all the time as far as businesses. Is it crazy not... Again, is it crazy for them to try and go for people that want to spend that money just for that vanity item? Is that is that crazy for them to do? It's definitely not crazy. It's... Um, I, I don't know how to explain it. it. Just for a lot of people, sometimes it just seems so far out of reach that instead of satisfying the needs of like i don't know 10 percent maybe or probably even less like five percent of your game population um you could probably lower the price by half and satisfy 15 and still make more money so you're saying if uh, instead of it being 500 dollars, if they offered like, like, all like said, of them if, if they made everything if they included the mascari collection in it and made it at 260 i bet a lot more people would buy it than a single one at 500 so That's yeah saying. you're saying like if you'd have been like oh hey each one of them is $75, but you can buy all of them for, I'm just going to throw out a number, I'm not doing the math, like for 500 where you'd actually save a little bit of money, or you can buy them individually so for $75. Yeah. Um, no, well, totally agree. 
I, I think I think nothing exists in a vacuum, and you have to take everything in relative to the situation that we're in. And a lot of people like to throw around the Star Citizen comparison about how expensive those ships are. And I would counter that that's a pre-launch game where you are funding the game development at, at whatever level you feel is appropriate, and the ship is a bonus. And that's what I did when I bought my Founders packages and Saber packages and everything pre-launch with MechWarrior Online. I determined what value I was placing on the game to fund the development to get us to launch, to get the content that was already promised to be there at launch or soon after. At that time, if this kind of a program was around then, and it was get a gold mech and get your name in the credits of the game once we're launched, thanks for helping us get off the ground, that would be taken in a lot different context than we've already launched, the features we've promised you are not here yet, but by the way, if you could sign us over another check, that would be great. Okay. So I think this sort of leads into our next bullet point with all of this clan announcement. Actually, there's one more. Totally forgot to add this. I just added it. This is actually something I really want to talk about before we get into the community response is marketing PR. What were your guys' thoughts? Okay, the clan announcement was made. You played the video. I will be the first to say I was pretty let down by this just for the fact that the clans are so big. I mean, we all know it. I mean, a Battletech fan like me, I mean, this is the clan invasion. Whether you liked the clan invasion as far as in the lore or whatnot, you're talking about such an epic battle between the Inner Sphere and the clans. And for me... This was a huge, huge, huge missed, I would say, marketing and PR. Like, to me, the, the, it, was, it was you showed me uh, River City on fire, and then you showed me a shadow in the video. I mean, look, we already saw the concept art. You know, I feel like even if it would have been like 2D art, I mean, they could have done, they could have done something so much, uh, released little snapshots of a picture off in the distance, and, you know, it was, it was fuzzied out. And I, I feel like all of this could be, the whole PR presentation, the whole marketing, um, it was it was definitely a big letdown. And I, I was dismayed because I was like, you know, being a, a clan, I, like I played clanners, you know, since up and actually up until MWO, um, I was like, this this means a lot to me. And so when the video came out and the, the there was no information about the clans, it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying? There was no audio clip. There was nothing of like, there oh, was hey. There no build up. There was no suspense. Yeah, it was, it's, this is so huge. And I feel like, I feel like whoever you know was in charge of this. I don't think they really knew. I don't know if they. If it, I don't know if it was over at IGP or PGI. Like this was such a big letdown to, for me as a player, as far as the whole clan invasion in general was a chance. Especially, and I'll let you guys answer in just a second. I just want to point out that this is the first mechor game. I mean, this game looks amazing. The gameplay is phenomenal. It's the it's the most balanced when you look at all the previous games. And it was it was just a it was you know I was like oh is that it I was like there's there's got to be more like is that is that it so anyways that's my initial impressions of the the video and the play up or lack thereof definitely I feel like this was very rushed I mean if you even look at the clan's page there's no background images everything's very I don't know how to put it it's just very rough looking and like they put it up really quickly i i think they probably maybe rushed out one probably to beat the uh to get latch onto the christmas rush two probably because of the leak that happened uh was probably something they need something to put out or whatever i like don't that. i don't I'm think gonna... it was a leak i'm gonna go on a limb no? i don't think nope like that you don't make you don't to make something go live on a website like that isn't a leak 
that you have to go through multiple. That was that was intentional. I'm gonna go out and limb and say that was intentional. Anyway, it's, uh, it's just a whole big like for example, if they if they just if they just release the trailer and none of the clan other page or whatever or just you bring up mechwarrior.com slash the clans and it was just the picture or the uh video how, how about there. it was a countdown that how about been, a countdown or you could have done a countdown you could have done i mean heck look at you know battlefield is sort of known for this that do 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 you know i mean you could have done a countdown with uh just some easy audio stuff in the background like we have unidentified forces you know landing you know we're we're, we're sending well, recon scout yeah i mean there could have been a lot and i was just like Ugh. you know the nerd well, in me was like no nah. well, remember when those images did get uh not leaked but supposedly whatever i did that 12 10 30 50 mission report type thing uh the write-up on uh ngng like even something like that just even like hinting at it probably would have been great it probably would have built up the hype train it probably would have been great marketing and great pr and everything like that and then you just keep building on top of that like i said then maybe next week you release another like transmission somewhere from out in com uh, out in the inner sphere somewhere oh, that yeah. a planet went dark and this is the last image we have and it's like i wanted i i ultimately wanted my heartstrings to be pulled i wanted to be teased as you know i i did not like pgi when back in the day when they did the uh, puzzle p- pieces because it was it was, oh, so, that was so i loved fun, it though. i know i know what i'm saying is like i loved it I, I was a masochist at the time for it because i was like this is awesome that that's what i wanted with the, this clan invasion was more thought and, and put into the, the the marketing and whoever's listening at pgr IGP, if you're listening it was it was very disheartening i mean you guys gotta understand like this is my life i've grown up following BattleTech and mechwarrior and I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world that, the, you know, Mark, they didn't play on it. What I'm saying, it was a definitely a missed opportunity to really, really be like, hey, people, the clans are here. Are you freaking ready? Like, you know, you better be ready because they're coming and they're trying to take your home planet, right? I mean, anyways, uh, Jason, uh, what, what was your thoughts? Norm- normally, I appreciate the fact that they use in-engine assets to display like new mechs and things like that that are coming, new maps, whatever, because you, you see what you're going to get. But I think this would have been the one time where a nice, juicy cinematic with some actual proper tension and a nice reveal at the end and some dramatic music backing it up and just kind of that oh shit moment would have been really warranted. Yeah, they missed, really missed the opportunity to hype up Clan Invasion a lot more. And uh, a few, a couple months ago, it was discovered that the, the, time, the clock was set back to 3049. And I thought that was the indicator that they were going to do something like this, like... Because, you know, we're supposed to be in 3050 by the timeline right now, and next year is 3051. I figured that they set it back intentionally, and that would be, like, another way of hyping the clans are coming now next year for sure. But they, they missed that. Yeah, I almost feel like uh, these little things, if you if you look them at individually, they're, you know, they're minuscule they're small but if you look at it in the grand scheme of things you release uh tidbits you know a picture here a picture there now with the leak uh which i don't like i said i think it was totally intentional that uh, igp did that with the, the the timberwolf picture uh the shadow even though i think it was cool you know it was if that's if that was the marketing uh, again i i really feel like there could be a lot improved and and you know this is one of those things where we are telling you as players, as fans, as people that want to spend our money, man, make us want it. Make us 
feel that you know there's there's more than just uh, here you go here's some some max and you know we'll, we'll take your money we want to give you your money you know money I mean we all do I think uh, that's one of the things no one really wants to talk about is at the end of the day you guys do a good job with this stuff it makes us want to spend more and and you know I don't think there's anything wrong with that uh, so that sort of goes into the next topic and this is going to be pretty lengthy uh, so let's go dive into it the community response now. Brandon, me and you have talked multiple times um, about, uh, you know, community. We had third-person view. We had consumables. Uh, we had third-person view again. We had uh, heat scale. We've had a lot of controversial things go on. I would say I think third-person still has the top as far as because it wasn't just one time it happened as far as the community, uh, you know, uh, flaring up about this. But before we get into that, what I really want to focus on is I feel like what happened wasn't the clan packs or even the gold max really and hear me out here what i think really what happened is this clan package was announced and a lot of people look at it as the value of what you're giving we're giving you money for it why haven't you delivered on stuff like community warfare or ui 2.0 or host state rewind srms this and that so i think we have two separate issues i mean i feel that everyone was actually pretty happy about the clan packs i think Everyone, you guys even just said things, the packages could be a little bit different. Tyler, you said, well, it sort of fits to the, what they've done before. You weren't really surprised. Uh, apart from the gold mechs, we were sort of expecting. So what I feel what what's going on here is it was just sort of a maybe the wrong place, right time to say, here's the clan mechs. And it sort of just tipped over into that, oh, well, you want us to pay more money for content. But hey, you guys haven't delivered. I think that is totally, totally valid, and uh, obviously we'll get into Russ's response and stuff, but are, do you guys follow me? I mean, it... I think you hit it right on the head, Phil. I think it's, we don't have, actually, we, we don't have a lot of information as to Community Warfare, and it's been a while since we've even heard an update to Community Warfare. UI 2.0, we hear every now and then, but we still have, well, except for recently, we now have a somewhat, we actually do have a fixed date somewhat. Yes, we do. Um, but up until then, there was no date. It was like, oh, somewhere between January. It, it's just a lot of things that were supposed to be implemented uh, that kept getting pushed back, and then on top of not hearing updates or anything like that. And it, it, I think a lot of people, and then the timing as well was just very probably kind of poor we're just getting as of yesterday we just got all of the project phoenix stuff including the saber reinforcement package so as soon as one ends another begins so uh, you could probably have let it lingered by uh, three or four months maybe and then i'm pretty sure the hype train would have been ready for another package what about you jason I, I get totally why they did it. I mean, Homeless Bill has a really nice write-up on it, and props to him for the thought that he put into it. But um, one of the things he touched on there was the fact that it's the holiday season. So either PGI or IGP probably thought, like, hey, it's the, the season of capitalism. Let's we got to capitalize on this opportunity and get this information out there and, and maybe get you know some early sales uh, to try to bolster this year. I get it. It's a business first and foremost. But I agree with everything you guys are saying. It's like I said earlier, nothing exists in a vacuum. It's everything interrelated. And to me, um, it feels like without Community Warfare being there, without UI 2.0 being there, like I've already paid for a bill of goods I'm still waiting on. So to see this 
right now at this time frame, right on the heels of the delivery of the Saber Package mechs, it feels like you're going back to the nostalgia well and trying to reach in my wallet one more time, but yet I'm already waiting for, like I said, that, that bill of goods I've already paid for. I think Russ's response should have come on the day the clans were announced, pretty much at the same time, or even slightly before, because there's a lot of outrage after the clan package came out, and I, I understand where they're coming from, but it, it still hurts that we don't have the features that we've been waiting for over a year for, uh, as well as uh, Paul's post on what they're thinking about for the mechanics for the clan max. I would have liked to have seen that on the first day as well. So... You just hit on something that I want to bring up. First off, uh, again, it comes down to presentation is, is key, right? I mean, we, we talk about it on the podcast about the way you go about saying something and presenting it to someone else will sometimes mean if it's received or they tell you to, uh, you know, go the other way. I feel that... Well, let, let me let me offer this. Again, I'll, I'll go back to the Star Citizen model. And I know Russ and Chris Roberts are totally two different people, but Chris gets out in front of things. Um, like if, if the video, if you would have taken the, the clan announcement video and it would have been a close up of Russ and Paul talking about, here's the clans, here's what's coming, here's the Russ message up front, and then here's how we're going to handle cl- clan. And it's, it's them kind of personalizing it and getting in front of the message. I think it probably would go over a lot better than, yeah. than, than trying to do damage control on the back end. Well, that, and that's what I was trying to say is if you look at it from this is if you look at what's came out, this is how the sequence should have been. It should have been Paul coming out with clan information ahead of time uh, on the command chair, which, by the way, we'll talk about. Love it. That should have came out. Uh, it should have been followed by like a quick video of, uh, you know, PGI talking about the clan implementation and like, hey, here's the clan pack. Check out this video. And, you know, boom, 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 boom. Sort of cool lead up. Then it should have been here's the, the clan packages. And I feel obviously whether they went with the same package or they had them split up, I don't. I don't think really that's too much of an issue. And then it should have been, oh hey, we also want to do uh, vanity items, which I, again, I, I'm, I have no problem with vanity items. I definitely think that five hundred dollars is extreme. It's not for your everyday Joe schmo. Um, am I going to be envious of someone who has one? No. Am I going to be angry? No. Uh, would it be awesome? I would love to have a little bit more forethought and maybe a bronze or silver version for cheaper uh that i guess maybe i could have got one of them for like a bronze price i don't know or maybe a different package altogether but i think because of what this was viewed at was oh well they're they're just they're wanting more money when the actual intent and you guys saw it in russ's post at least how i read it and because i've met russ i've talked to him that he actually does care um i feel like we're holding the ui 2.0 and community warfare and that over their heads and the only thing I think right now that PGI can really do to, to absolve all of this is hit the target dates Russ talked about. And I think that's totally valid. And he even said that. I mean, I have much respect for Russ to basically say in a public announcement, hey, if you if you don't want to spend the money right now, we totally understand. We haven't delivered on Community Warfare. We haven't delivered on UI 2.0. It is okay. We understand. But guess what? We're going to put our money where our mouth is. We're going to deliver. And hopefully that turns you around. I mean... I don't know how you guys are, but me being a man, if I make a mistake, I own up to it, and I will do my best to make it right. I mean, and that's what I got out of it. I definitely feel that it definitely eased some things in the community, but I think a lot of people are still, no matter what's said now, definitely owning up to the fact that they missed target dates and stuff like that definitely go over well. Definitely, I, I think a lot of people saw 
uh, especially with Russ's post more than anything, was uh, dates actually being set. Now, the question comes down to meeting those first few dates, because if they can meet those first couple dates, I think you'll might actually show that they're... Well, well, can, can I interject right here? What, yeah, if, what if they can't? What if... Would it be okay if Russ, let's just say metaphorically speaking, it was at February 4th for UI 2.0, what if it doesn't go live? Would it be okay a little bit, I guess, if Russ makes a video, says, hey, uh, or they're, you know, Matthew Craig or whoever says, you know, hey, we can't, we ran into a last minute issue. This is the issue. You know, they give an explanation. They tell you why. I, is that is that okay? That I think that's perfectly fine about. The problem right now is that Except for one or two occasions, that's not actually what happened. It, we no communications. I think if they come out, like for example, uh, I know we're going to bring Star Citizen back in this, but I mean, dogfighting module just got delayed again. But Chris Roberts came out and wrote at least a good, I'd say about a thousand, two thousand words right up to why it, they missed their target date and why every, what's going on in the background. Uh, I think if something like that was to happen, like, hey guys, we we can't meet the date, this is why, explanation why, uh, we hope you'll understand, this is the new target date and stuff like that, I, I think that would be very well received. I honestly do believe that. Uh, but the problem is that for a lot of the missed target dates, it's usually, oh, error came up working on it. But that's all we hear, we don't hear an explanation to what's going on in the background and what's happening in the background. Yeah, personally, I've already funded everything that I can based on faith. So any anything future is going to be based on you know based uh, purely on results. So if they miss dates, it just means that it's that much longer before I open my wallet up again. Yeah, they've not hit very many dates for features that they've put out. I from the beginning, I would have much rather they put out dates that are quite a bit beyond the times that they think they'll have these features out by. And then if they would complete them earlier, they could say, we got we got it early, guys, and that we would all be like, oh, awesome, we got, I don't know, 12v12 is out two months early or something. And everybody would be happy about that. They've just gone about it the wrong way. They've not been able to fulfill any of these dates, hardly, and it just causes community backlash instead well, of praise. Well, I, think, I think that's a huge business strategy of, you know, it's always better to under-promise and over-deliver rather than the other way around. Yes, yes, you hear that time and time again. But one thing I would say is, you know, I've talked to Darren quite a bit about this. And obviously, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, patience is a key thing here. A lot of people don't understand that, like, for instance, the having them having to rewrite the network code to client side to server side hit detection, obviously took way, way more time than they thought. And but that's a good thing for us as far as it being implemented. I mean, you don't want client side hit detection, bad things happen, cheats, you name it. There are things that have held up development, and the one thing I, I would say is with all this is just, I guess what I'm hearing from everyone is just a little bit better communication, but on the flip side, how much do we need to know? I mean, do they need to be connected 24-7? I would say no. I You know, I, I watch a bunch of other developers out there. Uh, I follow a bunch of games, and whether it's just a, a blurb, even if it was just text-based, even though I, I like video, and you know, you've, you've already heard that they're going to like a video type uh, Ask the Devs, um, and I just feel like, uh, you know, in future reference, um, hey guys, you know, we understand there there are hiccups, but uh, just let us know, you know, let I mean, if, if you're not going to hit that time frame, I don't know, I can almost hear Darren say, well, I don't really need to know, yeah, it's nice that they would, but it's 
I think there's a correlation between between transparency and trust. Like the more you're willing to just, you know, not bullshit me and give me an honest assessment of where you are with things and treat me like a human being um, and, and, and somebody who's an, is an important investor in your product and somebody who's part of your core community, the more likely I am to take you at face value. No, I, I can definitely understand that. What, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I have patience. I know things. There are hiccups. Um, but I can also see that open communication, being transparent is is a good thing. But it's also a double-edged sword. I mean, you know, speaking of PGI being open with the community, I remember the te- uh, them being on TeamSpeaks, not only NGNG, EU TeamSpeak, uh, the, the North American TeamSpeak for the Comstar servers. Um, they were on this TS3. They used to play a lot more. They, I remember Paul posting a lot of design stuff. But then what happened is when he would post it, uh, some of the community would be very, very negative, even though they were being open and transparent. And I'm talking a while ago. I know we were all here for it. Uh, so they definitely turtled up just a little bit, but I can understand can, that. Can I can I just say, um, this, and it's kind of a tangential topic, but um, for me, the, the whole thing kind of sends a mixed message. And, I, and I'll, I'll kind of delve into that as briefly as I can. We've had features like third-person view and things of that sort come into the game based on the fact that, hey, you guys, the hardcores, the, you know, that's a, it's understandable. That's not really your concern. This is to get new players on board, new players on board. So it's a new player experience, even though the existing community, really not that much of a fan. So we're not the target for, like, a lot of these features that are being put in the game, but yet they release something that with these clan packs that are going right back to us and asking for more money because they're not asking the new players because the new players aren't going to know what the heck a Daishi is or, what, or a, you know, mad cat or a timber wolf or why they should be excited nor did the videos really appeal to them or train them or teach them or give them and get them excited so this is obviously going kind of back to the well of the existing hardcore player base so to be you know told on one side that a lot of the game development tools are not being designed with us in mind but yet the sales certainly are kind of could rub some people the wrong way no i could see that but on the flip side too just because you're new doesn't mean you're not going to buy the package just because you don't know. I mean, look at it from this perspective. If you really don't know much about Battletech and you don't follow a lot with the whole what the community, you know, is doing and you just play the game, a mech is a mech and you say, oh, it's 100 tons, it's 75 tons, it looks cool. Boom, there you go, sales. And so, uh, again, I, I get where you're coming from and it's I just guess about context. it's about context. That's well, what I'm saying like nothing, at, nothing's in a vacuum. Yeah, and at the end of the day, one thing that we do not know is no matter... Let, let's even dive into the gold max. Even though we've all talked about, hey, it's okay to do vanity items, we totally get that. Whether or not we each personally agree on the price point, really that's not up to us. If, if it's not for you, don't buy it. If you don't want the clan packs, don't buy it. You can wait. It, that's okay. Now, again, I'm not saying that they couldn't do things differently. Not sitting here defending them. Uh, what I'm saying is... You can put your money where your mouth is. You're the you're the consumer. You can determine whether you want to buy. Now, what I, my point was, we do not know behind the scenes what sales are looking like. I can guarantee you, sales are probably good. And I mean, at the end of the day, you have to make a choice as a as a consumer whether you see uh, okay. So what I mean by this is, if you've enjoyed the game, if you've enjoyed what what it is. Uh, so far, and you're okay with being patient, and obviously things are taking a little bit longer. If you're okay with this, I would probably say a lot of people would probably buy the packages, right? If you're a hardcore person like Jason, you're just saying that you've invested too much as is, and you want the things before you'll invest anymore. I would say that probably demographic would, you know, be a little bit angry because they look at it from the, 
well, you still haven't delivered. I mean, you, we've got multiple different viewpoints in the community. You have some that just don't care. You have some that are hardcore. Hey, I'm not spending another dime until you get this in. You've got people that are like, hey, you know, like I love blowing stuff up. I love running around. Sure, I'll spend the money. You've got some people that just have disposable income as well, that it isn't a problem, right? So you've got multiple different facets of life going for these different packages. So. What? It's all relative to the individual and it's all relative to the time frame. Um, you know, you might have new players or people are coming on board or really getting interested in it. And this might be the first sale that they've been a part of. They, they weren't around for founders. Maybe they didn't, uh, you know, jump in on the, uh, the, the previous sale. But maybe this is the one they're going to take advantage of. And that's perfectly fine. It's all relative to what, how much money you're willing to spend on the game and, and the product that you're getting today. Um, like a gold mech six months from now and maybe community warfare is bumped up and it's early and it's fully fleshed out and UI 2.0 is in and private queues are in and things like that. I'm going to think a lot differently about that golden mech than I do today, which is somebody who spends $500 on it today. I'm, I'm going to be kind of ticked off and saying, hey, you're, you're funding mediocrity. Like, don't pay $500 right now until we get what we're paying for. But that's relative to my position. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say, let, let's also, for someone that may not know too, and I just want to preface this, the people working on mechs are not the same guys working on UI 2.0 or Community Warfare. Let me let me just preface this. Your artists, your, your texture artists, your animators are not the ones doing the maps, are not the ones, you know what I'm saying? So there are different people here. And Russ did break this down too on who's working on what and how and you know um so let me just let me just point that out and uh, so you know as far as the the response to the community i saw it coming you know as soon as the clans went up i saw the price points and uh you know obviously people are passionate and that's fine um and i'm glad russ responded but tyler just like you stated as far as the information that was coming out should have happened in different increments in different way as far as you know coming out with the clan information then coming out with packages then saying hey this and stuff um for obviously right now instead of having to fight fires they could have been more proactive in releasing but uh i don't know it just sort of like i said that the marketing and pr it seems sort of rushed i mean boom on a, a random friday night you know maybe some forethought should have went in, in in november october of saying hey these things are coming down the lines let's prep let's get these images ready let's get this video ready let's get this marketing all set up ready to go get community feedback because at the end of the day i will say this to to igp and pgi we're the ones spending money ask us what we want and we'll tell you like you know if the same thing I, i've been vocal about uh the champion max i think they should do a seabill version i you know People are like, hey, I would buy a champion Seville version over the XP. They can do tests. They can throw one up. And if they have good sales, so be it there. Boom. Everyone's a win-win. Yeah, well, right. you're, also, you're also dealing with a situation where you know they have to report to a publisher, and the publisher may have thought it was fiscally irresponsible not to put these up right now for sale during the holiday season. Yep. There, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And again... I, I'm not privy to the knowledge and neither are we. And, you know, at the end of the day, they are their, you know, business and, you know, they, they've got to do what they think is best. They're going to make mistakes, um, you know, and they're going to learn from them. That's the key point. And we've said that as long as they learn from them. Right. And, you know, that's that's with anything with life. But all right. So let's go ahead and move on to the clan technology, because I feel like this is actually a really cool part. At least I think it was cool. So Paul comes out, obviously reactive to hey they just released info about the clan packages let's let the community know about what the clan how we're going to handle the max obviously we talked a lot about this of how they could have boom here you go now obviously he says this is subject to change 
but this is pretty much the foundation. What were your initial thoughts when you gave this uh, read over, Brandon? Well, the first thing I went down to was see if there's any information about customizing clan mechs because that's the mo the Omni system was the thing I was very curious about because I know back when we were talk talking in hypotheticals around episode 40, 50-ish, I was talking about wanting just to configure arms and stuff like that, how everything was locked into the torsos, you can't change armor, you can't do that sort of thing, and that would be really cool and a really neat take that's never been done before if you could change everything in the arms only, so you'd be swapping arm parts and stuff like that. Well, that's what we got. I'm very happy about this, and definitely this amount of communication about clans in general and all this new information is something that should continue to happen on a regular basis. I was going to say, you're actually going to be able to change more than just your arms, by the way. Oh, no, uh, I know, but this is see, the, way, the customizable yes. way that I've always yes. imagined it should work. Yeah, there's some good stuff in here, a lot of good information, and it's nice to see that they've given us this information now, way ahead of schedule. Of these mechs coming out, it'll definitely help people decide whether they want to buy the package or not. Uh, things that concern me are that you're not going to be able to change the engine that the center torso will have in it, and the allocation of armor and amount of armor on your mech. That's pretty scary, uh, especially for the clan light mechs that will be going extremely slow with their stock engines for the most part, just probably 100 kph with speed tweak. So that worries me that some of these clan lights are not going to be viable because they're just going to get blasted by high alpha mechs. Uh, in addition, there's not very many mechs with jump jets of these clan mechs that are coming out right now. So that also concerns me. I was pretty hopeful. Um, I like how they're talking about the weapon balancing, which was, I think, the trickiest part for me. Like, how are you going to take a clan version of a weapon and make it, you know, tone it down to the point where um, it makes your choice meaningful while still keeping uh, Intersphere technology uh, a viable alternative. I think they've done a good job of kind of framing their thought process. I was going to say, let's uh, be real here. I mean, really, the, the thing what we were hoping is that PGI, Brian Ekman, came out and said, we are not going to make the same mistakes as the previous 30 years. And what I mean by that is, for all of you clanners that are like, oh, they're nerfing our mechs. No, screw you. You've never played by the real rules. Let's be real here. So PGI released this information, modular system. Tyler, let me address something that you just popped up. On the flip side, I see it as a balancing mechanism. Um, and what I mean by this is if you make the clan mechs as customizable as the inner sphere, plus on top of that, this modular hardpoint customization that they're going to be doing, I feel like the difference is it's restrictive for the inner sphere right now because you can't move around the hard points. Am I correct? I mean, but you can switch around the engine. You can change the type of armor, the amount, the indo. I mean, you, you can do everything, but you're restricted to the hard points. Whereas on the flip side, what I'm seeing is the clan mechs are going to be able to hit hard. They do move pretty quick. I mean, especially when you get up into the mediums and heavies, even assaults, it's a balancing. I feel like it's, it'll be interesting to actually see them being on the battlefield in a balanced, you know, game system. Like, to me, it's like, wow, this is going to be the first time if I get beat by someone in a clan mech, it's not going to be based off, oh, it's because his weapons just do ridiculous amounts of damage and he can engage me at ridiculous ranges and I can't do anything. It's going to be, he beat me because he's a better pilot. Like, I feel like that's really important. And even Paul prefaces that and he says, look, the reality of it is we can't force you to do a one-on-one. -on -one. We can't do that. 
we can't force you to uh, play, you know, 5B8 or whatever, you know, like people were saying. We, that's that's not practical. And obviously you see all the, the balance issues that the tabletop, and the tabletop is extremely broken when it comes to the clan tech. Uh, you know, it's totally OP. So uh, I, I was actually pretty happy with the response. I mean, I, I like it. I, I, you know, I, I wish they would have taken it even further and maybe done like Randall Bills where he said, they shouldn't have any extended range. It should be pretty much equal range. It's just, you know, they did a little bit more damage maybe, but the duration or, or whatever, uh, but it was your skill that made it. I mean... Clans have always been, as far as lore and fluff and stuff like that, it's always been, as far as that sort of thing, they've always been one-on-one trial-slash-duel oriented. And yeah, definitely, I, I how, they're, how PGI is handling the weapons is definitely... Uh, somewhat of an improvement over previous takes on the clans. But I, I agree. I think Randall Bill's take on it, if he was able to redo it, about having clo- closer range weapons, but do more damage, generate maybe a little bit more heat, a little bit more risk-reward to them, and definitely something that would take a little bit more skill. It definitely seems like the right way for at least how I pictured the clans functioning if it was to be redone. Now, I'm going to point something out. Have you guys thought about this? In the article for Clan Technology, they said, we do not want it to be an arms race. We don't want everyone to just go Clan Tech. Did you notice that? Do you know what the... I'm reading in between the lines. There's not going to be any mixed tech. That's uh, that's what I'm reading. You know, we had, what, a while ago, we asked, and Brian said maybe they were looking into it. Remember that the three-part podcast? He said, we don't really know yet. What I just read in that is we are not doing mixed tech. That's, that's what I read. Define mixed tech for me. Is that basically uh, putting clan weaponry oh, on inner sphere? Yes, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I got this. Yeah, putting putting clan weapons on inner sphere mech is basically what it is. I'm I'm glad about this, and and I even said it back then. It's because if if you have an inner sphere mech and the clan double heat sinks are better, maybe let's just say they do the 1.4 heat efficiency even on the clan mechs, it would still be better than the IS counterpart, right? Because it takes Two up crit less crits. You can yeah. put it in the legs. Now on the flip side. There are a few other benefits, and this is, Tyler, this is why I'm hitting on the clans so much. I know you're talking about just the lights, but let's be honest here. The clans have a benefit in the equipment, too. Feral fibers, Indo steel, seven crit slots each. If it has it, it pretty much means it takes up half the crit slots. That's huge. Case is non-existent, doesn't weigh anything. You've got all the weapons, for the most part, take less crit slots. They're, uh, you know, I mean, there's so many things that the clans have i feel that the inner sphere one of the balance mechanics that paul was looking at when he was designing this was right now currently in the game speed is life am i correct i mean mediums light speed is very important even heavies assault speed is important that's going to be a balancing mechanic that allows the inner sphere i mean you're going to have a 98 kph hunchback being able to outrun a, a timberwolf you know like i feel like that's a pretty unique take on the the balance i mean what do you guys think on that i think there's some wiggle room um i think that everything they say that's going to be locked down to the core of the omni mech should stay that way so things like um clan engines heat sinks um ferrofibrous all the internals that are locked to that core fine that is locked to the clan core mech but if individual weapon systems i personally would relish the opportunity to take an intersphere mech and just if all I had access to was clan weaponry and trying to mix and match to try to optimize the mech as much as I could, I would like that opportunity. I, I think it definitely creates a great opportunity, but um, the problem with that, at least looking back in previous versions of the game, so it might not hold any relevance in where the, this game is going, 
The problem with that is I remember in Mech 4, my, the most fun times I've had were in pure tech servers, mainly because if you go into a regular server, or went into a regular server, I should say, there was no medium lasers. It was all ER medium lasers. It just completely eliminated the need for medium lasers. There was, no one took medium lasers. You were an idiot if you took medium lasers, because the ER was better in every way for the same tonnage whatsoever there, there was no reason to absolutely do it so well, let, let me posit this to you real quick but what if, what if you were doing what i said where you still had to use intersphere heat sinks with a hotter clan weapon i, I still think what it causes is exactly what his art the the write-up did and he basically said it creates an arms race it, it would mean that you as an is pilot would never ever use an is laser and we don't have, you know, like in a perfect world, Jason, you're totally correct. Like in a, I would love to see something like this in like a Mech Warrior universe or a, you know, Mech Commander game, which crossed my fingers. We'll talk about that in a second. You know, where it has context where you can lose stuff, right? Mech MWO, you're not going to lose any of your weapons. You're always going to have them. And when you're looking at balancing just off C bills, uh, it really isn't a problem for some, right? Because we play all the time, or some people can only play X amount. So. Obviously, it's it's an advantage. I think Mixtech keeping it separate is good. I, I, I don't like Mixtech, never did. And But I will say, with them balancing the weapons, maybe it might not be mu- as much of an issue. But if an LRM-20 clan right, is always superior to an LRM-20 inner sphere, and you see what I'm saying? Like, you would always go, you would, some weapons would be sort of always go towards. And if there's no negatives for them, there's the key. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like ultra auto cannons as well. The weapon I'm most terrified of that be in this game is going to be the ultra auto cannon twenty. UX twenty. Yep. Terrifying. And unfortunately, Paul didn't discuss it in his notes here, probably because it is terrifying and they need to get it just right. Uh, but with the modular being able to change out the arms and torsos on these clan mechs, we could be seeing a lot of UX twenties. Very scary stuff. And I bought, a few months ago while I was on sale, a Miramets, just in case Mixtech did come into the game, the hero mech, because I could see some silly combinations that could spring up on that thing. It would just be a lot of lighter weight uh, ultra autocannons on that thing. Terrifying. Also, one slot large lasers, two slot PPCs. Mm-hmm. That, and that's, stuff. And that's, that's, I guess, what I'm saying is, Jason, um, you're totally right in a perfect world scenario, but on the flip side, if it can be used and it can be exploited, it will be. And that's not, that's not bad. I mean, it, we min-max. I do it. You guys do it. Everyone does it. But in the big thing, if it negates a whole wide range of stuff, and, I mean, the tabletop, the clans, being able to mix tech and the, the tabletop, it did, man. Like, I don't... Uh, you know, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of uh, forethought when they brought out the clans early on, but it did. Sure. It was like, uh, but you also heard Randall Bills way back on, um, it was our first year anniversary. He said, and I quote, you know, that he had to balance all the new weapons. I mean, every single new one he has to balance. Well, in reality, in, in, a, in a non-game thing, things wouldn't be balanced, right? You, you're next upgraded. You know, the M16 is not as good as you know your ar-15 brand new platform i mean things get outdated and and, you know blah blah blah. but uh as far as the the clans and the the restrictions and freedoms what i will say about it is i was actually really really happy about it because it needed to be done uh i know you guys out there your your clanners at heart uh you maybe feel betrayed or this or that but i'm just gonna ask you to look past it because 
the games have never been balanced. MechWarrior 4 was never balanced. Like, you always went to Clan Tech over IS. You just, you just don't do it. So, um, as far as that, uh, you know. But I will say, too, one thing to consider, not all Clan Mechs are Omni Mechs as well. Now, you have, for instance, you have, like, uh, the 2C versions, Hunchback 2C. I mean, every, pretty much almost every IS mech. You have Definitely. that two seater. I, I would love to see in MWO for the first time as well some of like the second line clan mech make an appearance. Such as, I mean, it, it's been totally replaced, but the Woodsman for some reason has always stuck close to me, and I've always loved its design. But you never see it because it's a second line mech. I would love to see like the two C's, some of the like the Woodsman, the Naga stuff like that be brought forward as well as options i think it would probably be really easy for him to do it as well and what i mean by that is the fact that they already have the hunchback chassis you know i mean we've seen mock-ups of uh, concept art uh, over on the mw forums too you know people photoshopping them and stuff i think it'd be really cool obviously that's down the road um but on the flip side again i i feel like i'm seeing the bigger picture maybe of the balancing you're gonna have clans with some hard-hitting ones uh, i do think you know, uh, Tyler, you mentioned you not being able to change the amount of armor. Um, I think that might have to bend a little bit because, you know, you're not able to change from standard to Pharaoh uh, if you're an Omni Mac, if it's already uh, Pharaoh. But I almost feel like you should be able to change. The, I mean, if you have the free tonnage, why not? Um, I mean, why not? You know, like it doesn't even in the tech manual for those. That's why I never understood this. In the tech manual, it says Omni Mechs cannot change the armor type not the amount it says type so that that's always interesting you know it's like you you can't remove the base number number of double heat sinks on a clan omnimech but you can add more um so it's almost like you can't remove x amount from the omnimech armor but you should be able to add more if you have the tonnage uh so it's it like is. how you have the uh ton locked into an inner sphere engine or something like that you know yeah. there'll always be a base amount you can't touch yeah but i i almost feel like all of this, to me, is the best thing as far as clan to IS tech balance we have yet to see in a MechWarrior title. And am I am I crazy? I mean, we, we didn't see it in MechWarrior 4. MechWarrior 3 didn't have it. Uh, Living Legends didn't have it. I mean, none of them had None. None. I mean... As a design statement, I think it's pretty impressive. I just... I, you know, we were talking about, like, kind of learning from previous mistakes. I hope they take the most exploitable offender, kind of like the UAC-20 that... Uh, Tyler was mentioning, and start there and then trickle everything down from there so we don't end up with another, you know, PPC situation where, you know, we have one outlying weapon that change after change after change has to go into place to kind of, you know, balance around. Sorry, someone just said uh, in chat, they may have been joking, but they're like, client tech is pay to win. No, 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 it isn't. I I don't know why I keep seeing pay to win thrown around, like, and miss... Pay to win is gold rounds, man. Pay to win is... You buy that mech and it gives you X amount damage boost. <laughs> like, come on, really? Um, anyways, pretty much across the board, happy with Clan Tech. It will be interesting from the perspective I think Tyler's bringing is the competitive side is will these mechs, light to mediums, be able to compete against their IS counterparts if they can't go as fast? Um, so, what if they have more armor or more weapons? You know, but also Clan mechs, even the lights, weren't used in a the same precedence at least in the lore right i mean that like a clan light could go up against a is medium right and and go toe to toe 
so it'll be interesting to see how that's handled uh, when they start going in and seeing what you guys, Tyler, are doing with them. Like, are they being used and how are they being used? I, I, I'm actually looking forward to hearing from you uh, when those things go in. I'm also concerned about the shape, the geometry of the clan mechs. Most of them have, uh, you know, the jutting center torso looking things like the catapults and stalker have. And I'm concerned about their, you know, their side torso hitboxes, where the center torso starts, where the side torso starts. Uh, that could really hold them back as well. Also, uh, something that I wish Paul would have discussed is what they plan to do with Clan XL engines. Whether mm-hmm. a single side torso is going to blow out, I know that's not how it works in tabletop, but whether a single side torso blowout is a kill, or both side torsos have to go, I, I would like to know that. I think if you just look at it from the design, I almost feel like they need to allow a side torso to be blown off. Because I, I do think the Clan mechs, even though they're going to be better in some ways, I, I think they're going to be vulnerable because of speed. I honestly think that. I, I think that because of speed itself, they're going to be able, susceptible to be hit more. Yes, they have more armor, some of them. Uh, but I almost feel like you have to allow... And for those that don't know, obviously, in the, the, the tabletop and build rules is uh, a mech with an XL engine in Intersphere has three crit engine slots, and if you destroy that in the left or right torso, it gets knocked out. Well, clan engines only have two engine crit slots, uh, so if you were to knock out the left and right torso, the mech would go down. Or if you knock out the CT, obviously it'll go down as well. But um, I don't know, man. I, I think I would love to know more about that. I'd love to know, you know, how does it determine fixed uh, crit slots? You know, they were saying the ferrofibrous endosteel, those are fixed actual locations. You can't move those around. So that might play a, uh, you know, balance part as well in, in the mechs. Just as a sidebar, do you think we're ever going to see some mechs that, that vary from a bipedal design? Are you talking about, like, um, quad mechs? Yeah. I don't think we'll see quad mechs. I, I think they would love to do them. I think CryEngine will be a limitation there. Yeah. Unfortunately. Don't encourage boo. Don't encourage <laughs> boo. It was, well, see, side, it was just a sidebar comment, you know, question. I just oh, no, no. They didn't know. I, you know, to be honest, I've actually talked to uh, Short Painter quite a bit. He's actually here listening. And we've talked about the a lot of the TRO artwork like for instance the tarantula and mech warrior 2 that's actually not really practical to a certain extent right like when i think of a quad mech and if fd did one it would probably look a lot like the you know transformers almost like beast wars because you know you'd have to build them very like the you know what i'm saying like they they wouldn't look like the the scorpion where you're like how the hell does that thing walk or run or go that like it's 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 impractical right uh i do i i think they would be more organic in their shape and obviously the unfortunate thing is some of you guys are like oh phil i don't agree we've never had an artist actually do a take on you know a, a realistic looking design on them i mean we just never have i, I think we're getting cool. the aries thank you man tripod what <laughs> 150 tons what all right, I'd like to so. give you guys' take on a couple more things regarding the clan packages real quick. Up at the top it says, uh, you'll receive all of your items by June 17th. It says by June 17th. So it's possible we they may roll them out early, maybe. It's not for sure exactly at June 17th. But one more thing, uh, on June 17th, when these mechs are delivered, do you think that it will just be people that have bought these packages playing clan mechs? Or will they release four of the clan mechs, one of the clan mechs, for people to buy with C-Bills on that date as well? I think they'll release one, uh, or maybe even two. And the reason I say this is because there's eight mechs, 
I would assume they would release, maybe it's the two lights or a light and a medium, like a Kit Fox and Stormcrow or Nova and the Adder. I think that would be really cool. Uh, I know there's a lot of speculation of, <laughs> it's funny, uh, over at Reddit, I posted, uh, someone posted the thread, it was some article, you know, oh my god, blah, 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 and I was like, well, you can buy the mechs for C-bills, and someone was like, well, the Timberwolf won't be released till January, and I was like, well, where's your, where's your source on that? Because they haven't addressed um, and I think this is something that they definitely could release is we're going to be releasing two mechs a month or three mechs a month or whatever at that point in time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's sort of like your underlying question is what is their release schedule for the clan mechs? And also, is there any other IS mechs being released in this time frame or is all clan mechs? Well, there's a two month period from after the Saber mechs would come out. Uh, so we got the Battlemaster, Wolverine, and Griffin left to come out. And that takes us into March. So April, May. We've got. We still uh, have another light. Flea, remember, the flea is still out there someplace. Well, controversial light. Controversial then, light. Yeah, the thirty-five ton humanoid controversial light. I want to believe in the flea. So that's the two months between June. So we could see them then. Yep, I, I'm. You know, they originally said back in the day we're going to do two mix uh, a month. Actually, I don't think that's unrealistic. I think they should probably do more. And what I mean by that is, are they going to do more? You know, so I don't know. I think right now um, we do need confirmation of what's the time. For, I think the reality of it is we'll know, you know, January, February, March. I think they'll start listing them out and being a little bit more open about it. I don't want to see on June 17th just tons of people running around in, in kit foxes because that's the only Seabill mech that comes out. That'd be kind of silly. So it's people that bought the packages and then tons of kit foxes. So I'm... I would like to know a little bit more information on that, as well as the release schedule, like you said. Will it really be next year, or next, like, January, when we see the yeah. Timberwolves? Now, on the flip side, with all of this being said, let me preface again, the, the mech packages, at the heart, all it is is convenience. That's really all it is. You are literally paying $240, yes, to get the stuff, but to get it early. So, And that's the value. Yes, I mean, and that's really will look at it. I mean, yeah, it's just like it's like buying a game, right? Like right now, total, 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 you know, different example. But like Wasteland Two is up on Steam right now, and they're charging way more right now than it's going to actually cost at launch because yep. you're paying for early access. And you know, I think that, uh, that's a totally valid thing. Like, I, and if you have the money and you want to spend it, spend it. Hell yeah! I mean, like, that's that's what I'm also saying. I think what we do need to know is how long are we going to have that convenience? Because when you look at it, let's just say they do a mech a month as far as these, then yeah, you are looking at, you know, eight months or seven months, depending on, you know, being able to get the Timberwolf or something like that from the Seabill. But if you're paying for convenience, you know, it's like, hey, that's the that's the bonus you get and we're going to reward you. You get to run around and have fun with it. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like those things, those, I need to definitely reach out to Brian and I'll reach out to Paul and see if I can get these answers. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I'm just ready to see the Timberwolf. I want to run around in it. I, is that crazy? I just, yes, please. Well, I think that's one lesson they could probably take away from this is I, I personally think they're leaving money on the table. As, as structured as this is, and you can you can justify the prices and talk about the early access value and things like that, but the fact that it's so restrictive or that you today right now, Sean, if you could go out right now today and just pay a flat fee, even if it was more more cost, you know, was more cost effective to buy it as a package. But if you could buy just the Mad Cat today and pay, you know, a, a hundred bucks just for that right now, would you do that? Oh, I, I, I see where you're coming. Me, I don't have, dude, I, I don't have the money. Like I, I worry about my rent. I'm just like a lot of people. Like I don't have the money to do it. I mean, I, I totally understand. So 
I think there's I, options. I think, I think looking at the packages to sort of reflect back on what we were talking about, I I think we're all sort of uh, you guys were saying you sort of expected it. They could do things differently. At the end of the day, the one thing that I don't really understand is um, if if you're paying 120 dollars, does it really matter if that fourth assault mech is the direwolf or warhawk? Right. Um, I guess that's what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, PGI and IGP are creating this content. We want to buy it. What does it matter if I want those four mechs or those? Now, on the flip side, someone could say, well, it's about, you know, um, you know the Timberwolf is going to be everyone's, like, number one or two, right? Hey, that's, a, like, I don't really, I don't think that's a problem. But on the flip side, too, if uh, I'm sure there's a lot of marketing uh, behind it as far as, like, which one should be offers, which one shouldn't. I think that's why ultimately the the Warhawk and the Timberwolf are at the top. But I don't know. Have have multiple different packages. Like why not? I mean, sell it. Like if it. And this is why I was going back to the whole Champion Max. Like if sales are good on Champion Max with the XP bonus, cool. But why not do a a test? Do a C build version. And if it sell like why not like if it doesn't sell it doesn't sell it's not the end of the world i i just think more options are always better and at the end of the day if more options mean more sales for pgi dude uh, we're gonna be throwing your money at you like pgi like why not i mean if you're delivering on these things if you start hitting your deadlines you know as you promised i mean people are gonna come back people are gonna spend their money uh, they want to they want to spend their money i mean everyone you know wants to to do it it's just you know obviously reservations just like jason was saying and that's totally justified and uh you know so we do have dates out though russ did make a post he threw out dates so now we just sort of have to see and wait and watch now on the flip side we did have a bug go in with this patch yesterday within 24 hours they already hot fixed it and i do know (laughs) for talking uh to some of them some of them were at the office till like late at night now some of you are like oh well that's their job well yes and no you know these guys stayed really really late because they're like you know we don't want it to to affect anybody and i mean so again i think it's another thing also with uh how they're classified in their work thing there they don't get overtime after a certain number of hours what? What's up with so that? Can- is that Canada laws or what? Yeah, it's a well. I think it's a British Columbia, if I remember correctly, in the wage law. What? I think if you're if you're socialism, as a, yeah, I know socialism, right? If you're considered a certain tier worker after so many hours of, uh, of overtime, you do not get any more. So you're actually mm-hmm. working on your own time at that point, right? If you're if you're at the golden moose level, you know that you're qualified. <laughs> yeah, drinking maple syrup twenty four seven. Anyways, uh, so I do know I was talking to, to one of the lead programmers. He was up over there. I was like, dude, you still work? And he was like, yeah, I'm not leaving until this gets addressed. And I was like, awesome. Well, have fun. <laughs> so anyways, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, just sort of reflecting back on this whole discussion. My biggest thing with all of this is I've seen a lot of knee-jerk reactions from the community. And don't take that as a, as a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying your, your concerns aren't valid. What I'm saying is sometimes I just really feel that if, you just, if, if we just all had a little bit more patience, like just breathe and, and not just go crazy. I mean, if you would have went off just the reaction that were on Reddit or forum or Facebook, you'd have thought the world was winning. But the funny thing is, the gameplay at that moment in time hadn't changed. The game wasn't any different. It's just we were upset, right? People were upset. Jason was he was like, I want my community warfare. Totally valid. But how we go about presenting how we feel to, to PGI or even IGP, 
I mean, goes a long way. I mean, if, I can't stress it enough. If if you want to be taken seriously, if you do have concerns or whatever, man, just go about it in an adult discussion or adult manner. I mean, I understand some of them are like, whatever, dude, don't tell me how to, you know, hey, it is what it is. All I'm going to say is uh, I will listen to you if you do so without attacking me or attacking someone else or putting someone else down or trolling someone else. I just, I don't know, I feel like if well, that... I think there's a difference. I think, the, like I said, you don't want to engage in, in behavior that's just going to be, you know, you don't want to be a total shitbag. But, I mean, if you if you brought Russ on the show right now and we were talking about this, I would sit down and have a very mature conversation with him and explain why I'm not going to pay any more money And, yeah. and right now. It can, we can have differences of opinion. That There's no right or wrong. It's all relative. It's all personal. There's no right or wrong answer to it. But, you know, how you act is a reflection on you. And, and personally, I, I don't want to be... You know, I don't want to engage in the kind of self-destructive activity that's going to turn people off who are coming into the game or is going to negatively impact those around me just have a different opinion. Most definitely. I mean, like I said, they're human. They're going to make mistakes. Dude, we, I make mistakes. You know, like everyone in this room makes mistakes. Uh, and uh, gosh, man, if I was pitchforked for every mistake I made in life, I'd be screwed. Anyways, uh, wow, man. Uh, again, I'm really looking forward to the next uh, six months getting these mechs, getting more information on the clans. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot here. I am going to reach out to Paul and Brian and uh, hopefully get some answers for you guys on some of the things we didn't know, i.e. XL engines, more client information, uh, time frames, uh, dates and stuff like that. Question. Major detail that, as far as I know, hasn't been announced yet is when these clan mechs come out, is it going to be clan versus Interspear games only? Is it going to be mixed? Is it going to be clan v. clan, Interspear v. Interspear still, like, on the side? Or are the clan mechs going to be able to be on the same team as Interspear mechs? Yep, I think that's important, and the reason I think it's important is because they haven't really outlined how. Well, they did They did outline phase one, two, and three, right? You've been able to form a unit, being able to do that. So, are we going to see phase one for community warfare kickoff to where you're able to form your unit and depending on what unit you're in i.e. if you're in a clan unit you always go up against is tech i don't i this this is going to be interesting and also if you're a clan mech warrior i'm assuming you're going to be able to use the is tech that you already own so there's a lot of a lot of questions there totally and the, and the dovetail off that for me is if can you bypass any restrictions in a private lobby yep Ooh, private lobbies dude private lobbies i'm really looking forward to that very much so i'd love some more information on those I'd love to just have updates as stuff progresses. Could I just read the future? Let's let's work on that technology, shall we? Crystal Ball, ball will you tell me, please? Mm, crystal Atlas Ballhead. All right, guys, that's going to be it for today's podcast. We do have a few giveaways if you haven't checked it out. We've got the Catalyst Game Labs sponsored giveaway. We're going to be doing this. We'll be giving this away on January 8th, so you've got plenty of time to enter to win. All you got to do is post or register and then post in the comment your favorite clan light mech that's all you gotta do it's all about the clans right now those clamors and that is for a technical readout 3039 let me get the link for you and then our second giveaway is actually our sponsor giveaway again i just want to say thank you to our sponsors for helping everything um we've got the holiday giveaway what we're going to be doing is we've got uh well, we've got six Battletech novels, uh, actually technically four, and then two Mech Warrior novels, and then a technical readout 3060, and or an NGNG coffee mug, and basically um, you'll be able to choose what you want out of that. 
And all you got to do to enter to win that is just be a sponsor, and I'll pick a winner on January 8th as well. So, again, thank you to our sponsors for helping support this team speak and stuff like that. I mean, it does help quite a bit. And if you want to become a sponsor, all you got to do is click on that uh, donation tab up top and donate. Uh, you can even check the, the quarterly. Basically, what happens is it'll update your account for three months. And once that three months end, if you hit that quarterly, it'll automatically renew it and pay however much you want. But you can do that. So, anyways, thank you so much for your support. And a big thank you to our community, our listeners, you guys in the audience. You guys are amazing. And we just want to say, uh, you know, happy holidays. Be safe. Enjoy the time with the family. And remember just to be thankful for being able to play a mech game and not, uh, yeah, just going to preface that. Anyways, thank you guys to our latest sponsors. I've got Scotty. I've got HD Man, Akula, Osis, Deer, Bear, Fum. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. Sorry, dude. Amgal, Sir Edvard, Smitty, Delic11, Otami for becoming our latest sponsors. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. Signing off for tonight, this is Phil. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hell. This is Jason. And this is Tyler. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me. You can feel it on my skin. But there is more with Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever